atmosphere. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that he's our teacher. He's our helper. He's the one that's going to lead us and guide us into all truth today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for walking alongside of me. I thank you for bringing back to my remembrance what the word has spoken unto me. And I thank you, Father God, for manifesting your glory. God, in the midst of your people. I thank you, God, that people are healed, delivered, and set free on today, God, through your word. I thank you that their hearts are open and receptive today to receive your engrafted word, your implanted word with meekness because it's able to save our souls. So we thank you for that on today, God. I thank you and I praise you on today, God, that we hear your voice. And a stranger's voice we will not hear, nor shall we follow. God, I thank you that shackles are being broken off our feet, God, even on this morning. I thank you that healing is even in the midst of the room, because I command healing, even in the midst of your people on today. God, I thank you, God, and I praise you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's moving in your direction. Say, don't miss him. Say, don't miss him. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Colossians and let's hear what the spirit has to say unto the church. The book of Colossians, the third chapter. I believe the Lord has a word for the body of Christ on today. Colossians, the third chapter, beginning at verse 1. Hallelujah. And the word of God now reads. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. I want to say this again. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. I want to talk about the body of Christ has lost its focus. The body of Christ has lost its focus. When God impressed this on my heart, and as I began to to meditate on this, this verse of scripture, he was letting me know that the body of Christ is in the world, but we're not of the world, and we don't do what the world does. Now, the kingdom can go into the world, But the world shouldn't come into the kingdom. And I'm going to explain that. The kingdom can go into the world, but the world should not come into the kingdom. And what I'm talking about is when Jesus came down here on the earth, Jesus did eat with sinners. Jesus did socialize in the midst of them. But Jesus was about change. Jesus was not about being in the place they were in, Jesus said, I want to bring my kingdom to the place where you are. Because this is not what the father has for his people. 
So when Jesus said in the midst of them, Jesus was bringing change in the midst of them. Jesus was not sitting there to get drunk with them. Jesus was not sitting there to party with them. Jesus was sent there to bring life that comes from the kingdom. He was there to seek and save those that are lost. And the only way that he can do it was through the kingdom, through having that power and that authority that God was giving him to restore the kingdom here on earth. God was letting me know people are are taking evil for good and good for evil. They're taking darkness for light and light for darkness. They're taking bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And it's in the church. Come on, we're talking about people outside the church. But God said it's the people in the church that's supposed to bring change outside of the church. So people would want to come in the church for the change that have taken place. But we got too many church folks, too many born again believers that's doing what the world is doing and they're saying it's all right. But I'm here to tell you it's not all right. And I'm going to tell you why it's not all right. Now, I may be rebuking at first, but guess what? I'm tearing down. I'm rooting up so I can build and plant. And see, this is the problem. We don't have people, some people that's behind the pulpit are afraid to tell the people of God the truth. What they want them to do is still be led in error, but I'm here to bring the spirit of truth. And what we got to understand is once you become a part of the kingdom, really, truly a part of the kingdom, you ain't going for anything no more. You're not going to go. You can't even sit in the midst of anything no more. I don't care if it's your husband, if it's your wife, if it's your sister, if it's your brother, if it's your mother, if it's your father, if it's your grandparents. You can't even be in the midst of what they're doing no more. Because guess what? When you're in the midst of it, he's in the midst of it. That means that you are honoring your father everywhere you go people gonna hate you because they hated jesus they hated what he represented so let me tell you this morning get over yourself don't think you're not going to be hated of all men don't think that when your life changed right in the midst of your home your children gonna like you your mate gonna like you no you're not there for them to like you you're there to bring them into what you're doing you're there to bring them into the kingdom you're there to say as for me and my house we're gonna serve the lord and god will show you how to do it but you know what y'all god said the church is compromising we're compromising just to get anybody to be our friend just to get anybody to fellowship with us, we compromise to have associates. It ain't about that. It's about to seek and save those that are lost. Y'all, we have a commission. We have a great commission, but the church have lost its savor, its flavor. The church have lost its salt. (laughs) It has lost it. I'm just going to put it this way. Sometimes I think church folks have lost their mind. I'm 
like, come on now. All this that you're getting, you still acting like you a part of them. Y'all, we going somewhere today. We got to go somewhere today because it's more than just doing stuff inside the house of God. It's being who you supposed to be for him. Let me tell you something. Worldly people don't even want to listen to church folks no more. Because they said, if I can do what you're doing, I might as well just stay a sinner. What's the point of me coming over to your kingdom and you acting just like mine? Come on, we're telling people, don't do this and don't do that. Come on, that's what the law told you not to do. But what we're supposed to be bringing is his grace. His grace and his truth. So as I was sitting here meditating on this, I'm telling you, I was so grieved because when you look around in the world and everybody that say, Lord, Lord, y'all, they don't know him. You got people that's confessing him, but their life is not living up to what they're saying. Anytime you confess Christ, there's going to be a change. And let me tell you something. You may start out this way and it's a process. But after a while, y'all, you ain't going to want that no more. I'll give you an example. I don't know. I know people like sodas and stuff like that. And I love me a good Pepsi. Put on some ice and you see that? Y'all see what I'm saying? Some of you right now trying to get delivered from Pepsi and I'm tempting you. But I love me a good cold Pepsi. Y'all may love Coke or Sundrop. Sundrop and Mountain Dew is like crack. That's what that is. But anyway, I would love to drink it. But one day when I made up my mind, it was in 2004, I was not going to drink another soda. I made up my mind. I'm through with it. When I made up my mind, was it tempting? Yes, it was tempting. But through the help of the Holy Spirit, let me know that this temple belongs to God. And whatever I put in this temple, I'm affecting the temple of God. So I would remind myself whom I belong to, whom I serve. And I said, uh-uh, flesh, you can't have this. You ain't getting no more of this. I don't want it no more. It don't even taste right no more. So what am I saying? When you make up your mind, when you truly make up your mind, you will quit cold turkey what you do. But see, we give the flesh so much of what the flesh want. That's what that flesh begin to crave for. But this is the part that God was showing me. Paul was talking to the people in Colossians. He was letting them know, basically, this is who you are now that you're in Christ. He was letting them know, you know, you're no longer under the law. You're no longer up under the rudiments of the world, the traditions of men. So Paul was telling them, if ye have been risen with Christ, what that means is since you have been risen with Christ. Let me start there. Some people don't know that they have been risen with Christ. If you're born again, you have been risen with Christ. That means that even before you even thought about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus died for you, meaning that he died for sin because sin separated us from God. We were enemies of God. And the Bible says the wages of sin People say, I know this, but evidently some people don't know. So I'm just going to remind you. The wages of sin is death. 
Let's start right there. The wages of sin is death. There was a punishment for sin, which was death. But because God loved us so much, he put that punishment on his son, meaning that his son took and died for every one of our sins, past, present, and future sins. He died for our offenses, but he rose for our justification, meaning that if he just died and got buried, guess what? We would not have been set free. So he said, I have to rise for your justification in order for you to be put in right standing with God. So if he died for my sins, guess what, y'all? Sins is dead. Is um, they're buried. That means that sin have no more dominion over me. I want y'all to catch this. That old, that old man, which is that sinful nature that was compelling you, that was driving you to sin, guess what? It died. It got crucified. So if it got crucified, then why are things popping up in my life? Why are things keep happening that I don't want to happen? And why am I doing things that I don't want to do? Because you don't know who you are. When you know who you are, see that old sinful nature that died, it left behind some habits. It left behind some way of doing things. I'm going to give you an example. When you got born again, your spirit changed. Miracle Temple, we talk about this, but we got to continually talk about this because there's still stuff going on in the body of Christ that should not be going on. So it's like you're forgetting who you are or you're not who you say you are. There's a difference. So your spirit change. That's the part of you that became new. Your born again spirit is what changed in you. That's the part of you that's perfected. That's the part of you that the devil cannot touch. He have no right to that new born again spirit. But your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion, this is the part that the enemy come in and mess with. This is the part of you that have to be renewed on a daily basis. The more you renew your mind to who you are now that you in Christ, your body is going to follow. But just because you save, guess what? You got some work you got to do. You start stopping at just being born again. You can't stop there. Your mind got to be transformed. Your mind got to be renewed. Don't you know you stayed in the world for I don't know how long? And everything that the world was doing, you were keeping up with the world ways, the the world's way of acting and doing. So now that you're in him, now that you're in Christ, now that you have a newness of life, you're going to have to learn about where you're from. And see, this is what we have to remember. Paul says, since you have been risen with Christ, since you know that you've been born again, since you know that you have a new life, this is what you got to do. Set Set, well, I'm going to stop right there. I'm, I'm going too far. Seek. This is where we miss it. We're going to set, but we ain't sought yet. Seek those things. Seek means to aim after. Seek means to scribe after. So that means being that I know that I have been risen with Christ, my aim is heaven. My aim is to do things that's done in heaven. That's what I'm seeking, heaven's way, not earth way no more. Why? Because I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. So I'm seeking things that are above. 
meaning that I'm aiming for those things. See, I'm learning a new way, y'all. I'm learning the way that heaven should be, not how it is here on earth, because I have left what the world does, and now I'm entering into a new way of living. So I have to seek that way of living. This is why Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom. This is what we have to do. We have to aim for the kingdom, the kingdom way of doing things. And once you begin to seek that kingdom, guess what? You ain't going to love that world no more. Because you're going to have a whole different perspective of the kingdom, of the way the kingdom operates. This is why the Bible say, love not the world. I want y'all to catch it. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. The Bible say when you love the world and the things that are in the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Let me break this down. If I'm born again and I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, I'm aiming for the kingdom. I'm not aiming for what the world is doing no more. My focus is going to be on kingdom, the way the kingdom is run. So I'm, I'm in the world, but I don't do what the world does. I don't follow the patterns of the world and that's what God was showing me he said people are so stuck in the patterns of the world when you bring them what the kingdom is doing even though they're born again they buck up against you because they're operating in the natural instead of operating in the supernatural you are a supernatural being so you don't do what the natural is doing you don't do what the world is doing you do what the kingdom is doing when you do what the kingdom is doing and you bring it here on earth people are going to no, you're not from around here. I'll give you an example. When I was in the world, y'all, I couldn't go out because, you know, my grandfather, he was a man of the cloth. He was a prophet. And if we went out, we, we would sneak out, you know, but he knew where we were. Um, so what I'm saying is when I would go out and hang out with the crowd, they would look at me and they say, you're not from around here. And I'm saying myself, I've been around here all my life. They say, no, you ain't, you lying, you're not from around here. I don't, I don't see you like I see everybody else. See, I'm going to tell you, this is how the kingdom works. See, a person who club all the time, they used to you coming in there every Friday, every Saturday. If you can, you'll go Sunday too. So they used to you coming in there like that. But a person that don't party, don't hang with the crowd, when they show up, that's the one that they're looking at because they say, oh, okay, you ain't never been here before, so let me just come on over here and see what you got so I never been out partying before so they said you cannot be from around here this is how it's supposed to be when you're born again people supposed to see you differently even though they knew you all their life they supposed to see change in you they supposed to say is that Kwana? it looked like Kwana. smell like Kwana. Walk like, but that, that just can't be Kwana because it don't talk like Kwana no more. Don't move like Kwana no more. Is that Kwana? Is that you? And when Kwana start telling them the change that have taken place in her life because she was aimed for the kingdom of God and not going after what this world has, then they're going to want what Kwana has because Kwana is bringing change. But the problem with the body of Christ, the change that we bring is worldly change. We're trying to keep up with what the world is doing instead of focusing on what the kingdom of God is doing. Let me, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm going here. When you're on Facebook, you focus on the world. 
I keep saying this over and over again. See, God brings stuff back in the house, back in the house, because most people are more focused on Facebook than they are in the kingdom. They can tell you what everybody else is doing, but they can't tell you what the Lord is doing. Because they're too focused on looking at somebody to see. Let me see what they're up to. But when you go into the word of God and say, let me see what the kingdom is doing today. Let me hear what the word has to say unto me today. So if you've been risen with Christ, since you have been risen with Christ, your aim, your goal should be to seek those things that are above and not on the things that are on the earth. So if we love God, we're not going to be concerned about what the world is doing because our focus is on kingdom. And if we're seeking the kingdom and his way of doing things, guess what, y'all? We don't have to worry about this, that, or the other because all things are going to be added to us because our father know what we're in the need of before we ask. I'm going to give you a good example on staying focused. Men and women of God, when you get married, I'm going to say when you get married, some of you need to do this. Stop. Can't touch this. I'm bought with a price. I ain't ready for that yet. Let me tell you why you should say you ain't ready for marriage yet. Because if you ain't submitting to him, you're not going to be able to submit not to one man. I don't care how good that man is. I don't care what that man give you. If you ain't submitting to God first, you're not going to make a good wife. Because eventually, you're not going to submit to that husband. You may be submitting while he's giving you jewelry and giving you money and taking you out to eat. And you feeling like they love you so much. But once you get in the house with them, you're going to find out things that you never found out before. All of that stuff that they were doing, it just gets cut off. It just stops. So if you submit to God first, because you're seeking his way of doing things, you're saying, Father, you're my husband. Father, you're my lover. Father, you're everything that I need. Ain't no man going to be able to pull you that quick. Some women are getting pulled too quick. You know why? Because they've been abused. They've been rejected. They don't know what love is. So the first thing that go by walking with muscles and with this um, look that you're looking for, then you take your eyes off of where you say you was and you put your eyes on that male or that female. And then you say, I believe that's my husband. I believe that's my wife. Come on, somebody. It ain't that quick and easy. But when you put your focus, I'm going to tell y'all something. When you focus on the kingdom and you aiming for the kingdom, no man or woman will move you and you ain't gay either. This is what people are telling young folks today. And we're still talking about seeking first the kingdom. Well, you know, they're young and this is what they do. They just go out, they sow oaks and you know, they, every young person, they need somebody. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because if you are claiming Christ and you where you need to be in Christ, you ain't looking for nobody to put in the place of him because he's given you the comfort you need. He's given you the love 
you need. He's giving you the peace you need. He's giving you the joy that you need. He's giving you healing. He's giving you prosperity. He's giving you everything that you need. And the more you focus on him when you feel like you're kind of low, I'll tell you what, he'll come back in and he'll pick you up. And this is why we have to start off with him first. Ain't nobody in this room that's saved should be saying, I need a man or I need a woman. Come on, God ain't enough. God know when you need a man. He know when you need a woman. You can't even sleep with yourself. You talking to yourself. You fussing with yourself. You can't even do the things that you want to do with yourself because you're looking at what everybody else is doing. But when you focus on the kingdom, you ain't worrying about what nobody else is doing. You ain't worrying about, well, my husband don't do me like her husband do her. Well, you need to marry her husband. Evidently, that's the one you said you wanted to be with. So I'm, I'm telling you, when you focus on kingdom, guess what? Distractions will come. But when you have that word of God in you, you don't let those temptations and the things of the world overtake you. You don't put them above God. You don't make them your idol. To give you an example, when we focus on the kingdom and what the kingdom has, guess what, y'all? Change will come. We look in the Garden of Eden. Y'all know um, Eve, she took her focus off of what God said, off of what the word was saying, and she ate of the tree when she should not have eaten of that tree. You know why? Because it was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Satan was making her feel as if, if you eat from this, you're going to have more. You're going to have more than what God has given you. And that's what the enemy wants us to go after, y'all, is to have more. You got to know today that you're complete in him. Everything that you need, you already have it in him. So now that you're aiming for the kingdom of God, that's good. You're aiming for it. But then the next verse said, set your affections. That means set your mind on things above. That means you don't let your mind drift. You're going to have a one-track mind, and that mind is going to be a kingdom mindset. See, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The enemy wants you to be carnally minded because the only thing you're going to receive being carnally minded is death. Because, see, the flesh acts up, y'all. The flesh want what it want when it want it, and if you don't give it to it, the flesh have a fit. Come on. Look at fornication. Say, folk. This is what say, folks say. Well, God already done forgave me for that. And this is going to be my husband. So I can sleep with him anytime I feel like sleeping with him. Say, folk. Because this is who God say I need to be with. And if I need to be with him, he need to taste and see first how good it is. No, the Bible says taste and see how good the he is, not how good that male or female is. So see, you stepping out of the kingdom way of doing things and you doing it the way the world does it. Because the world say it's okay to sleep around and be saved. If it was okay, why did Jesus die for all sins? If he died for everything, y'all, if he died for it, fornication, adultery, perversion, every sin you can even imagine. If Jesus died for past, present, and future sins, then okay. He died for it. That means Jesus was crucified. Blood was shed for it. So that gives us a right to do it because he paid the price for it. 
No. So this is why you have to seek. This is why you have to set your mind on things above. So when these things come at you, you're not moved by these things. It's too many people in the body of Christ that cannot stay focused on kingdom. And the reason is, is because it's who you with, what you're watching, what you set in your mind to. If it's that television, then guess what? That's what you're going to portray. Because that's what you see. That's what you're going to lay down with. That's what you're going to get up with. But if you set your mind on the word of God and you keep it set, guess what? When the enemy come, you have the word of God. You can say it is written, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Y'all, it takes time for transformation. It does not happen overnight. You know if a woman has been a prostitute all her life, she's going to give up that prostitution, but it's going to be some things that come in her life that want to drive her that want to compel her one thing is money because the love of money is the root of all evil so you have to go into the word of God and remind yourself who you are now that you're in Christ therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creation all things have passed away behold all things have become new that means my old life it's been crucified with Christ I have a new life in Christ Jesus and I'm not going to go on what I used to do or how I used to do it that's why you got to renew your mind see and if you follow the word of God and what the word is saying you won't change that quickly you won't uproot yourself that quickly y'all the church is getting so cold the body of Christ is getting so cold people don't think they need to come into the house of God they're putting other things before the house of God They're putting things before him. Okay, this is what I want to do today. I ain't showing up. But see, this is why we have to be raised up. This is why God have the fivefold amongst you to raise you up so you won't be um, um, easily persuaded by false doctrine. So you won't be swayed at every prophet that come in the house or every apostle or every teacher or every pastor, false teachers, false prophets. Why? Because when you get up under good teaching and when that foundation is laid, you're going to know what's right. You're going to know what's wrong. I'm going to give you an example in the word of God. We look at... um, Uh, Hebrews 11th chapter this was the hall of fame of faith these were the people that believed God outside of what they saw these were some of the people that did not even receive the promise they died before they received the promise but they saw it afar off but this is what they um, set their mind to they set their mind to heaven and they went being that they set their mind to heaven they said we're like strangers we're like pilgrims they said this is not our home They knew that this was not their home and they couldn't set their mind to the earth. They had to set their mind to heaven. The Bible says that if they had of even started thinking about where they were before, they will return to where they were. See, this is what the enemy does. The Bible says a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So the things you think about the most is the things that you're focused on. And the more you think about those things, eventually you're going to go to those things. I'm going to use marriage again for an example. When I got married to my husband, that meant things were going to change. It was no more about my daddy. It's now about my husband. My husband come first. So my, my mindset had to be set on 
a marriage life, not a single life no more. Women, you know when you're single and you're very independent, you're used to doing stuff yourself. You ain't waiting on no man to do it. You just jump up and do it because that's how you're used to doing it. But the Lord had to raise me up on learning how to be a wife. My job was to learn how to be a wife, not to learn how to be a husband and a wife. I had my part to do, learn how to be a wife, learn how to submit unto that man. Why was submission so easy for me? Because I submitted unto the father first. I knew how to submit unto authority, even though it didn't feel good. Did I get out of the way of submission sometime? Of course, of course I did. I got out of the way of submission sometime. Y'all heard when I told him, shut up. <laughs> yes, we get out of the way of submission sometimes. But the Holy Spirit will bring you back to where you're supposed to be and you get back in line. Now, this is how I learned, y'all, even in marriage, I had to begin to know how to be a wife. But let me tell you something was so good about being a wife. God will prepare you. For being a wife before you become a wife. He prepare you through your family. My grandmother was preparing me on how to be a wife. Why? Because I watched her every time I turned around. She was hollering, Arthur, come get your food, Arthur. Your food on the table, Arthur. Your food getting cold, Arthur. Granny didn't have to walk and get no plate, y'all. Granddaddy sat down, they go to plate in front of him. She knew what he wanted to drink. She had everything laid out for her husband. He didn't have to tell her Louise washed the clothes. He didn't have to tell her Louise cleaned the house. He didn't have to give her all those instructions because she was a godly wife. If a man spent all of his time trying to make you cook for him, save women. Coming to church every Sunday. Coming to Bible study. Man asked for a glass of water. Get it yourself. I ain't your mama. But get up in church. Fall out. Running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Enter your home. Put your feet up on the coffee table and ask your husband what he cooked. And Ahab does it because he want to keep peace. Oh, y'all quiet on that one. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. Touchdown. Because see, we got people that want to do stuff for God, but you don't even want to submit to your husband. So see, grandmother was a godly woman. Granddaddy didn't have to tell her to do nothing. She knew what to do. So guess what, y'all? I was raised up under that. So that man sitting right there, he got him a good woman. Mm-hmm. He sure did. He got him a good woman. He know during the week, it wasn't nothing dealing with a sandwich. Man, to make me a sandwich. No, you need a meal. You worked all day. I'm going to cook you a meal. He had a meal five days a week. Now, do we have it now? No. He don't have it now because we don't got no children in the house. We can go out and eat together. I did what I needed to do. See, when you start out right, you can move on to the next step. 
some of y'all trying to move on with children in the house and ain't my mom hungry. Go eat you some cereal. I ain't cooking you nothing. Where your daddy at? We ain't fit for the kingdom. Because God ain't going to put you behind no pulpit and your husband over there shaking because he ain't had no food and y'all think the Holy Ghost on that man and he's shaking because he ain't ate nothing. It's the truth. Woman up there preaching behind the pulpit. Husband over there. And they saying, wow, he really enjoyed his wife teaching. And he over there saying, if they only knew, my sugar is dropping. Because that woman ain't taking care of home. So what am I saying, women? Wait on your mate. Because if you don't even want to get up and get you no water in the middle of the night, surely you ain't going to get him none. See, God want to raise up godly women. I'm going to tell you something. God raised up godly women even before they get saved. Because I wasn't saved, y'all. And I was a godly woman. Because that man there ate over my house, didn't have to fix his plate, didn't have to do it. See, he knew he was getting a good woman. I believe he sought me up, Rick. <laughs> he knew, he knew. She, she, she got me, she got me. But see, that's just how I was raised. So what am I telling you? If you raise the kingdom way, nobody would be able to move you so quick. Because wherever God has planted you, nobody would be able to uproot you that quick because you have been rooted and grounded in him, in the word of God, the word of life. Nobody don't move you that quick because your focus has always been on the way the kingdom worked. So I'm going to tell you this. If my husband would get mad at me, oh yeah, it would hurt me, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm so focused on the kingdom, I'm going to go to Jehovah God and say, God, I don't know what I've done. Don't know when I've done it, but it's surely there's something going on with this man. You got to help me so I can, see, I'm focused on the kingdom. The more you focus on the kingdom, whatever come in your house, guess what? The kingdom is going to give you the word to handle that situation. I'm going to give you an example. There was a man in the book of Esther named Mordecai. And Mordecai, his focus was on saving his people. See, God always have a ram in the bush, y'all. Mordecai was focused on saving his people, so he was raising Esther. And as he raised Esther as his own, Esther went to the palace. See, this was a part of God's plan. Mordecai wasn't by himself. God always have somebody to help you to um, bring forth his plan and his purpose. So she got into the palace. And guess what? God gave Esther favor even with the king, and she became queen. But this is the part that God showed me. Mordecai, he was stand outside the gate. See, you got to have somebody that watches as well as prays and um, prays. Mordecai saw some things, and as he saw some things, it was written what he saw because he saw some of the king's servants trying to come against the king. So it was written in the book of Chronicles. But anyway, the thing that happened was Haman. Haman was nothing but the devil. Don't you know we always have a devil somewhere, y'all? So Haman was nothing but the devil. So that devil, they put him in charge. The king put him in charge of something. So when this man came in on the scene, you had to bow before this man. Mordecai refused to bow. 
Why? His focus was on kingdom. No matter what they was doing here on earth, he said, uh, I bow before nobody but my God because he said, have no other God before me. So Mordecai would not bow. By Mordecai not bowing to this man, he got upset and he said, not only am I going to get Mordecai, but I'm going to get even the people that Mordecai is trying to protect. So what he did, he went to the king. He got an order to say, we're going to kill all the Jews. But this didn't change Mordecai. See, you got to understand that when you so kingdom focused, whatever is happening here on earth shouldn't move you. I'm going to say it again. When you are kingdom focused, whatever happens on earth shouldn't move you. Why? Because your focus is on what the kingdom does and you're here to bring the kingdom to the earth. So if the earth is in famine, you don't supposed to lose focus because you know you're going to eat. Why? Because there's food in my father's house. And the only thing I have to do is talk to my father because he's already prepared a table. Even in the midst of my enemies, my father has already prepared something for me. So when you are kingdom focused, you ain't focused on, oh, no, the gas is going to run out. Let me tell you something. God always have a way of doing things outside the world, does it? When the gas prices went up, y'all, I'm going to just be honest with you. My husband's so good to me, I I don't put gas in the car. Y'all, okay, yeah, right, because you don't drive. That's what some people probably say, because you don't drive. Yes, I do. I'm like Jesus. You just don't see me sometime driving. But he keeps gas in the car. So I don't have to focus on putting gas in the car. So when I go put gas in the car, I don't look at how high it is. I just pump it. My focus ain't on, oh, my God, did you see how high that gas is? I ain't going to get enough for my money. I just pump it. And I go on about my business. So when you ain't focused on a thing, guess what? You ain't worrying about a thing because you actually know it's already what? Taken care of. So when you're focusing on the kingdom, you should know that God already know what you're in the need of before you ask. So even though your job run out, guess what? God already got something set up for you. Even before the job ran out, you so kingdom focused. You saying, God, yes, the job has run out, but God, you got a plan for me. There's something else evidently that you want me to do. So that's when you go before the father. So Mordecai was not moved, y'all, by what the enemy was doing. But you know what Mordecai did? He began to fast. He began to seek the Lord. Esther got word of what Mordecai was doing. And Esther was, you know, going back and forth with Mordecai. And he made it real with Esther. He said, Esther, don't you know? That if these Jews perish, you're going to perish with them. Don't you know this, Esther? So Esther began to get in alignment with Mordecai, where two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, I'm in the midst of them. So Esther said, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to go and see the king. Y'all know how it all worked out. The Jews got saved. Mordecai got him positioned. The devil, he already got defeated even before he started doing what he was going to do. So what am I telling you here on earth? Y'all, we as people of God, we're going to go through things. But when we go through things, it is for our good. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around and he'll make it for your good. Because what you go through is not really for you. It's helping someone else. So don't get discouraged if you're going through something. 
something even right now. Say, God, even what I'm going through, I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you thanks because God is not necessarily for me. It's for somebody else to come out, for somebody else to get a breakthrough. That's what was happening with Mordecai. So God is telling us today that the body of Christ has lost its focus. How do we lose focus? By not knowing who we are now that we're in Christ. Y'all, we were seated, we sit with Christ in a high position. When I mean a high position, we are above principalities and powers. You should not even be wasting your time trying to fight something that's already been defeated. The Bible said we fight the good fight of faith. So when the enemy throws something at us, we should know who we are. We should know our authority and we should rise up in that authority that he has given us and let the devil know, no, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You don't have no right here. Just like when we have things going on in our body, we have to rise up and say, body, you are the healed of the Lord. Be healed in Jesus name. Why? Because Jesus defeated sickness and disease it don't have to come to my house though it come you don't have to accept it whatever is knocking on your door you have been seated in a high place above that and this is what we do we see ourselves below the enemy how do I know I'm getting tired of that devil every time I turn around the devil's messing with me evidently you giving him something or evidently the enemy is messing with you to try you to see what you're going to do. And if you ain't doing nothing but whining and complaining, he's going to continually mess with you. But when you rise up in the position, see, this is why we have to know our position, y'all, in Christ. We far above these things. The body of Christ is getting so weary. The Bible say, be not weary in your well-doing, but in due season. He, he say, in due season. He know the season that you're going to reap. He says, so don't you faint because your season is coming, y'all. So this is why we have to stand on the word of God. We got to stand on what we believe. The body of Christ give up too easy. We the first ones to say it's not going to work. Give you an example. I always go back to Egypt, y'all. Those people in Egypt, they come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. And in order for Egypt to come out of them, God had to give them his way of doing, his way of living. And even when God gave it to them, and this is what God showed me, when you got a good leader, that leader is going to go up high. Meaning that leader is going to go from glory to glory to glory. That leader is just not settling for the same thing. They want more. They want more. They don't want to stay at the same level because they know it's more. Like Moses. Moses went up into the mountain to be alone with God. And when he stayed up in that mountain, he ascended. That means that he was above the people. And when God began to talk to Moses, I want you to catch this. When he got a word from God, he descended. That means he come down the mountain and he began to give them the word that he received from on high. And when he gave them the word that he received from on high, they knew it had to be from God because God began to speak. And those people began to say, Moses, let God talk to you. We don't want God to talk to us, but God has made a change to his son. Jesus Christ he will speak to you just as well as he will speak to me but God said it's time for you to come up high it's time for you to want elevation 
it's time for you to come out of the same place that you're in. Come on, I'm going to use Judah for instance. Judah shouldn't want to stay in the same place. They should be want to reach higher heights. But they can't go no farther than Jennifer going to take them. If Jennifer want to stay down here and keep singing, um, Jesus had a little lamb. And they, she want to keep singing and singing it and say, James say, I'm tired of singing Jesus had a little lamb. I want to go a little higher. Jennifer is comfortable, but James ain't comfortable. Guess what? The whole table going to be threw off. Why? Because there's no togetherness. We should want to go up higher and higher each time. The more time you spend with him, you want to move. You don't want to stay at that same place. You're saying, God, you met me here. And if you met me here, you're going to meet me here. But you got to meet him for yourself. You got to have a personal relationship with God that you keep going higher and higher. And the Lord is telling me some of y'all are so stagnated that you done got so comfortable that you thinking this is it. It's not it. There's more. There's more. God take you from glory to glory to glory to glory. But guess what? God has a remnant. He has a ram in the bush and he's going to use those that want more and he's going to have those people that want more on a mission for him just like Moses Moses went up to that mountain and y'all when he come down the glory of the Lord was so much on Moses they knew that he had been with God through what Moses was bringing down from that mountain but then it was a time that Moses went up to be with God and guess what the people were down there acting like they was in Egypt Doing the acts of Egypt, doing the acts of the world, y'all. They were around there with so much promiscuous stuff that was going on amongst the people that even Joshua was telling Moses, he said, I hear a war sound. No, thought it was a war sound. It wasn't no war sound. Them people down there getting it on, y'all. They had built them another God. They had forgot about Moses because they said, this Moses, he been gone too long. So when Moses come back down with those laws, y'all know what Moses did Moses broke those laws and he said those that are on the Lord's side come over here and those that are not on the Lord's side you go over here Moses made those people drink that um, those laws he ground them up and made them drink it guess what's happening today in the church we have some on the Lord's side and we have some on the world's side the Bible said y'all you cannot serve two masters Either you're going to love the one and hate the other or you're going to love the one and despise the other. Am I saying it right? Either you're going to do that. God is giving you a choice. You cannot serve two masters, y'all. You got to make up your mind whom you serve. We got so many people compromising in the church that they're bringing the world in the church and they're saying it's okay. And church folks are agreeing with it. It's okay. Y'all, it's not okay. We don't do like the world does. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So how do we um, get to this place that we're supposed to be in? Aim for the kingdom way. And as we aim for the kingdom way, we set our mind, we direct our mind the way the kingdom is doing, not the way the world is doing. And if you see yourself doing what the world is doing, guess what? You can crucify that flesh. How do you crucify it? Through the word of God. Be not conformed to this world. Don't pattern after the world, but transform. Change your mind. Renew your mind according to the way of God. And as you do that, y'all, change shall come. 
But if you don't continually do this, you got to continue in his word. Don't just do it on Sunday and don't get back in it to the following Sunday. This has to be a daily routine. You have to do this. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep getting in the presence of the Lord. Keep having conversation with God. And the more you do it, you ain't going to want to do this no more. You're going to begin to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength and all your soul. And you're going to begin to turn away from everything. So our focus should be so kingdom that whatever come at us and it don't line up with kingdom, we don't accept it, y'all. But if you don't know who you are, you're going to accept in and everything. Some of us don't know the difference. When we meet people, we really don't know where people are. Because guess what? We don't even know that we have discerning of spirits. And if we have discerning of spirits, the discerning of spirits will let us know what type of spirit that person is of. God will let us see that person's heart. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. We need to quit too saying, this person ain't this and this person ain't that. Let me explain it. We know a person by their fruit. Is that not right? But we as Christians, all of us fall, don't we? All of us fall sometimes. But when we fall and we're getting back up through renewing our minds through the word of God, you know true Christians. They're not going to stay that way. They ain't going to want to be that way. They're going to be calling on somebody. I need help with this. I don't want to do this. This right here is getting in my way. They're going to ask for help. The Holy Spirit is there, but they haven't gotten to know the Holy Spirit yet. You're going to see them showing up for Bible study. You're going to see them showing up for church. You're going to know their hearts is turning towards God, and we need to be there to strengthen those that are weak. We need to be there to build them up. But those that truly have not accepted Jesus, they're going to say Jesus, but they're going to still do what they always done. And they're going to think, I'm okay. Come on, look at television now. You have people up there doing worldly stuff and getting in circles and praying to God and say, help us with it. Come on, have you ever seen such mess? Lord, I know you're here and I know you're going to help us and cursing like crazy. But they think that's the right way. Why? Because they have not been taught the right way. And when you begin to teach them the word of God, when you begin to teach them what Christ has done, first of all, y'all, he has paid the price. He has redeemed us. It's nothing we had to do except, except what he has already done. So guess what? Only thing you got to do is say, Father, I accept what Jesus has done on my behalf. I believe in what he has done on my behalf because by grace we're saved through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. So today, I'm telling you, when we come into alignment with the kingdom, there's nothing that you can accomplish. There's nothing that you cannot do. And getting back to husband and wife, God is taking me back there. By me being in the word like I should be, I know how to be a good wife to my husband. By him being in the word like he should be, he know how to be a good husband unto his wife. And if we get out of alignment, then we can get back into the word of God and the word of God will bring us back into alignment. Y'all, it's a work in progress. It takes time. And the more I get to know who I am in Christ, this man shouldn't have to want for anything with me being his wife. I shouldn't have to want for anything um, being that that's my husband. Why? Because I'm in alignment with the kingdom. This is why I say don't rush marriage. Don't rush marriage, people, because if you're seeking the kingdom and the way the kingdom is doing, 
when you feel lonely, you can say, God, I'm not alone because you said you will never leave me, nor shall you forsake me. And when you are ready for marriage, guess what? You ain't going to have to go through all that counseling. You know why? Because you've already been with the father. And when you stand before someone, a pastor, that's going to marry you and they take you through counseling, it don't have to be a year. Y'all know me, it's a year. Let me tell you why it's a year. Because we got people that's not in the place that they need to be in. And by the time you go over stuff spiritually, financially, mentally, and emotionally, that year done passed and you realizing I was not marriage material. Y'all, I had a marriage conference. A man married 23 years. He said, I never knew marriage the way I have learned it in this conference. And I've been married for 23 years. What am I saying? You have to be prepared to go into marriage. Because can I tell you something? Marriage is for life. It's for better, for worse. It's for sickness and in health. It's for richer or for poorer. It ain't just, and let me tell you something, people change. People change. Sometimes when you look at a woman, she don't look like she looked when you first married. And you ask, are you sick? No. I just took off my makeup. So see, if you never seen her without makeup, you'll be thinking you, she, she's sick. No. But you will love a woman no matter how big they get, no matter how small they get, no matter how they fuss you out. You know that God got a plan and a purpose, and even when you can't take that woman no more and you want to send her back to her mama and daddy, but the problem is mama and daddy gone, so you ain't got nowhere to send them, then that's when you really hold on to Jesus, y'all. You hold on to his unchanging hand. His hand does not change. So what am I saying in this house today? Y'all, this is an urgency in the body of Christ. The body of Christ have lost its focus. And I know without a doubt the body of Christ has lost its focus. They looking at church like it don't mean nothing no more. They're looking like that they don't need Jesus no more. Y'all, it's time to keep our focus on things above and not on things of this earth. And the more you focus on things above, guess what? Things begin to change here on earth. Y'all, we're the one that bring change to the earth by focusing on the kingdom and setting our mind on kingdom things, not on things of this earth. So I advise you today, get into your word, see what the kingdom is doing. And as you see what the kingdom is doing, bring it down here to earth and you will have more people wanting what you have because they're seeing the life that you're living and is representing Jesus Christ. Go through the word of God. They had troubles, but they still stood on what they believed. And it's time for us to come together in unity. It ain't about this one doing this or this one doing that. We're one body in the body of Christ. And we're there to bring what he would have us to bring and not what we think that we should bring. So I give God glory that we in the body of Christ need to be unified. We need to come together and stay. Look at your neighbor. Say, stay in your lane. Say, stay where God has put you. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. This young lady right here. Could you come up here? You're looking at me. Yes, ma'am. 